Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions Podcast. Tonight, it is episode 16. We're going to be doing a little check-in. You know, guys, I want to hear how the last 11 months have been for you. Um, You know, we've been out of rehabs for 11 months, almost a year. I I really can't believe that it's been that long. And, you know, Ben, you and I just celebrated 11 months um, over the last couple of days. And uh, there's been so much that has happened since then. You know, I, I remember going into rehab with this notion of, my life is really kind of over. You know, the, the drugs and the alcohol and the depression and the anxiety just felt like this huge weighted blanket on top of me. And I remember I was actually sitting on my couch just thinking to myself, like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I, I, I need a way out. And honestly, towards the end of it, I, I was starting to have suicidal thoughts. You know, I, I was already drinking and drugging myself to death, but I had no prospect for the future. I had no hope. And that was the thing that, you know, as I've been looking over the last 11 months, that's the one thing that has been restored to my life. I remember, you know, I just had a birthday uh, about two weeks ago and I turned 39 and I was reminiscing on the fact that, you know, when I was younger, especially in my active addiction, I would tell people that I'm not going to live until 40. It's either going to be a stress-related thing towards the latter part of my addiction. It was going to be an addiction-related thing. But I had no future. and And I wasn't thinking in the future tense. But, you know, right now my life is big. It's, it's huge. It's, it's really much more than I ever could have hoped it to be. So, you know, over the last 11 months, I think that what's really changed for me is my outlook on life. Um, you know, and and I'll talk a little bit about what I'm up to now, but I think that the biggest thing that's helped me get here is not only the program that I work, but the people in my life. You know, I I always think about how my life was full of acquaintances and I never really had friends before, you know, and, and that time when I thought that I did, it stopped abruptly when I stopped paying for the bill. You know, I stopped paying for the drugs. I stopped paying for the booze. And as soon as that dried up, then so did my friends, my quote unquote friends. In fact, I remember, you know, I was living in New York at the time and I was so broke that I couldn't even afford a combination dinner at the local Chinese restaurant. Like I was that broke. And I remember calling up one of my friends, my quote unquote friends, and being like, hey, bro, can I borrow like 50 bucks? Like, you know, I I just need to get by this week. I need to eat, blah, blah, blah. And crickets, absolute crickets. And it was in that moment that I was like, there's no one really around me. 
And I'd already driven away all of the people in my life that actually really cared about me. You know, whether that be my romantic relationship, whether that be my family, whether that be my really true friends, my addiction was so strong in driving those people away because that's what my addiction does. It wants to isolate the shit out of me. And the more lonely I feel, the more isolated I feel, the more, you know, depressed I feel, that's when it's really getting life and getting energy. You know, so I have to look into the bottle. I have to look into the bag because that's my only solace. That's my only form of connection or relief. And after getting sober, I started to really put myself into this position of what's going to be next for me. And one thing I didn't do is I didn't really future trip. You know, and I say I didn't really future trip because I tried my best not to. And I tried to stay in the present moment. And so I was really taking one day at a time to the letter of the law. Like I was living my life 24 hours at a time. And in fact, there were, there were times where I had to take it an hour at a time. Just don't get, uh, get drunk. Don't get high this hour. And that eventually started to build up my time. It started to build up my confidence. It started to show me that I can do this. And the more and more I worked my program, the more my mind started to clear up. And so I started to perform better in life, you know, with relationships, with work. And so currently, you know, I, I am pretty happy, actually. You know, my life is so full. I'm 11 months and a couple days sober. I have a brand new job that is very fun, very demanding. You know, it's, it's taking up a lot of time. I've gone back to the gym, you know, which I was telling my trainer this yesterday. It was, it's been a couple weeks since, since I've been because I've been sick. But I was like, dude, I missed the gym. I never thought I would ever say something like that before. But I learned how to really do the gym in rehab. You know, lifting with Chris and occasionally seeing you there, Ben, You since you went in the mornings. You know how you did that. But <laughs> exactly, I still don't know. Too early for me. But, you know, in addition to all that, I am back in school. And, and I think I mentioned this in maybe an episode or two before, but I'm now uh, into my second semester in a uh, program for my second master's degree, uh, this one in clinical psychology with a focus in clinical mental health counseling. And part of the program has opened up for me is that I wanna go into a certification around drug and alcohol counseling. I never thought that I would do something like that, but I love my life so much that I wanna be able to try and give it away to other people. And, you know, that's one aspect of it. You know, I can do it from a clinical perspective in addition to being a sponsor. You know, I just had my first sponsee finish his steps. Like, that blew my mind. It blew my mind. I, I'm so proud of that kid. And, you know, being able to go back to school and, and work and, and the gym, it, it's a lot of time, but I'm able to take it all on. 
And I'm starting to listen to myself too. You know, I, I'm not putting myself down for taking a day off. You know, I'm not saying that my self-worth is tied to any outcome. You know, I just try and do the best that I can every single day. And on top of all that, I've started a new relationship. And, you know, we've talked about this, you know, on one of our episodes around romantic relationships. And it's always been my Achilles heel. Um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of going through something right now. But what I'm really proud of in myself is that I'm not going to any extreme. I'm not becoming that codependent leech or I'm not running away full steam ahead. You know, I'm, I'm not on either sides of those uh, sides of the spectrum. You know, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm communicating. I'm listening. And it's just been fascinating to even watch myself transform as I walk through this relationship. You know, I, I don't know if you hear any nervousness in my voice, but... You know, it's it's not as as not as heavy as it was when we were talking about romantic relationships. Yeah, that was that was a pretty that was a different you, and and this is you I, you being almost giddy is kind of funny, and and I and I and I see Chris is busting your chops because that was a that was a nice monologue there, but that was pure just elation. That was somebody who is, you know, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about our programs, you know, on this episode. So, you know, we work NA, we work AA, you know, so amends is going to come up. And again, we're not affiliated with any of them, but we're just talking about our experiences. Um, you know, and, and, you know, before I, we go into it, you know, I, I, I do, I, I want to pat ourselves. I want to make sure we pat ourselves on the back for getting to this point, because, just in our circle of people that we left there with, not everybody has stayed sober, not everybody has stayed alive. And, and that is not something I wanna take for granted. I don't want us to ever get complacent. I don't wanna get complacent. I hope you guys don't either, but I don't ever wanna get complacent with, our, with my sobriety. And the fact that yes, we've done 16, and we've done 17 episodes, you know, in these 17 episodes where we've come together, we put this and yes, it's a small following, but it's a following, you know, we've done something. Maybe it's, it's helped somebody else. It's definitely helped me. I know it's helped you guys. And, and so, you know, before we go on, I want to make sure that we do take that time to, to pat ourselves on the back because life is going to happen life is not going to stop happening. Good things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. And we now get to deal with them because we're sober and we're alive. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you really, you know, that, that, that opening was, you, you had a, a ton of stuff there. And, and, and I think, you know, what we want to talk about on this episode is, you know, what, how we've changed in the last 11 months, you know, and, and, you know, what our goals are, what they might've been and what they are now. And, you know, and so I think, you know, for me in the last 11 months, I've been, you know, I, I echo that sentiment, Jason, that, that trans, that transformation of you, I took away the alcohol, but I didn't take away the behaviors and in 11 months out, 
the behaviors of manipulation and and lying they don't go away uh, and my my sponsor said to me a couple of weeks ago he said listen when we lie it's to protect ourselves that's it full stop when when we tell a lie no matter how big or small it's to protect ourselves and so it's important for me if i find myself telling a little white lie to t- take a step back and go why am i doing that what am i protecting myself from Oh, because I don't want somebody to think negatively me negatively about this. And you know, I, I'm finding now that I am able to make a mistake and correct it in a in a way that never happened before. You know, when I make mistakes now, I I have the ability to learn from them. And I never even cared to learn from my mistakes before. You know, and so that's where for me is really a, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ramble here, but it really is one of those things that watching the transformation happen and feeling different is, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, now I'm going to give Chris the chance to go ahead and, and you know, tell his story. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, ball busting on the notes tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys brought up a lot. It's funny. Usually, we like bring up pretty uh, <coughs> defined topics and talk. And you know, Jason, you know, you said you're proud of your sponsee. I will echo Ben's, you know, sentiment, and we're very proud of you. You know, bringing him through like that's awesome. Ben, same to you. You're sponsoring people now. That's awesome. I mean, I know I was a mess when I went down there, like emotionally, but you two were also a mess. I, I, I remember like even saying your name was a hard thing for, for you guys and myself, but yeah. you know, it, it's just funny. Like I remember you guys in the very beginning. Um, and, and Jason, you said a couple things that, you know, I definitely relate to Ben as well. Like especially not being tied to your successes or your failures, I would say, you know, or, or someone's opinion, you know, so I used to really care about what people thought about me, like really care so much that my chameleon state would go out and it wouldn't, although that can be a benefit to be that chameleon, I did it so far just so that they liked me and it really didn't serve me in any way. It didn't make me happy. It didn't make me, anything it it was it was just so they liked me um i also have hope um you know as far as we you know you brought up goals my goals used to all be financial it used to all be keeping up with the joneses get that house get money uh have status get in the country club although i still do want the country club but more for a golf uh, <laughs> more around the golf thing Right. Not for the status. Um, but I'm trying and, you know, I like you said, your behaviors don't just go away, but they slowly are getting better. And I, I don't you know, like we always say, no one's perfect. So I'm able to stay present, enjoy the process of getting to your future goals. You know, Jason brought up being present. That is one of the things I'm most proud of is I'm able to actually stay present enjoy time with my kids, even though, you know, sometimes they could drive me nuts, but I love them to death. And 
I'm able to sit there and just play with them. I don't think I was able to do that for the last year before rehab, or at least effectively do that. I'm definitely grateful. Uh, you know, Ben, you brought up some people that we left with didn't, they're, they're not alive right now. Like I know two people, my roommate being one of them, and then somebody I used to go to meetings with just aren't alive. Like if anything that we say tonight, I'm grateful that we're alive still, that we're sober today, you know? Like we, like we always say, you know, it's the person with the most sobriety is the person that woke up the earliest today. That's, well, that's what I hear a lot. So today I crushed it. You know, I didn't have a perfect day. I actually had a bad day at work, but still through all of that, I was sober. Um, well, actually, Chris, I'm just going to inject there because, you know, you use that word perfect. And the thing that immediately jumps to my mind is how... I'm okay with that now. Right. Like if I didn't have a perfect day at work or a perfect date or, you know, I'm okay with that. And I'm like, okay, today wasn't a 10, you know, today was maybe a seven, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to make tomorrow an eight, you know, and just so that I can get better and better and better because our best fluctuates, you know, there's going to be days that like I can perform at a 10, and then there's going to be days that my best is like a four. Right. And I don't beat myself up for that because I don't have this thought ahead of me of saying you have to be perfect because perfect doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all centered around ego, right? I mean, like you said, you're perfect for that day could be a four, a six. And so I, I guess it's really being okay with not being the best I've ever been. At, you know, at a specific time. Um, I think lastly, you know, my mother always says, focus on experiences and people and not things, not material things. And I, I think that's the biggest change is I'm so excited. Like for this weekend, we're going up to uh, the White Mountains, um, Mount Washington specifically. I'm hiking it. I'm so excited to just hike this mountain and for the day, just be in the woods with my wife and have a great time. I mean, I'm excited for the whole vacation, but talk about being present, like just being alone in the woods and just having that silence. It's, it's just so calming. So my just daily um, goals, my daily enjoyment, it's, it's just done a 180 in this last year. Yeah. You know, just piggybacking off of what Jason said about, you know, some days you're a four, some days you're a six, you know, and again, for my particular program, I use this a 10th step app, which is a daily inventory app. And it asks me like 10 or 11 questions. And then it gives me a score based on how I answer those questions. And, and so literally I have some days I am an 88 and some days I'm a 42 and it's like, holy crap but then what i get to do is it tells me and it, it tracks every one of them and so then i'm able to go okay wait why was this different today than it was yesterday and so i get a chance at the end of the day to just kind of go over everything and go what what's what can i change what can i do differently tomorrow and you know it's those kinds of things where you know for me the hardest thing was you know, maybe today was a four, maybe today was a six. For me, that's kind of arbitrary because who's setting, who's setting what's a four? Who's setting what's a six? You know, 
for me, having an actual thing tell me this is my number based on these questions that analyzes my behavior, this is how I can change. And for me, that works. It doesn't work for everybody else, and I understand that. But, you know, that's, you know, that was my side thought on your side thought. So I, I appreciate that. And actually, Ben, can you share that app with me? You know, one of the things, because I, I follow a 12-step program too, and one of the things that I haven't been doing over the last couple of weeks is that daily inventory. You know, I, I've really gotten away from it, and, and I want to get back onto that. Um, but as you were both talking, something that started coming to my mind is, how did I get to this place? And I think one of the biggest things that I had to do to start building a future beyond my wildest dreams was to clean up my past so that I could start from nothing. And so all of these broken relationships, all of these lies, all of these, all of this deceit, all of this shit that's in my past, I needed to clean that up so that I could start fresh. I could start from zero. And, you know, being part of a 12-step program, I do make amends. And I remember there were two big ones for me. One was my father and one was my ex-husband. And they were the scariest for me because those were the two people in my life that one, I probably hurt the most. And two, because of the nature of the relationship, had the most amount to, you know, lose in relation to me breaking that relationship, you know, and, and really hurting that relationship. Um, you know, I, I don't really talk about this much, but my mother's no longer with us. Um, she died eight years ago. And the one thing that I, and I was actually talking about this with someone uh, earlier today, there, there was nothing in between us to ruin the relationship. So she died and we were square. Like we, there was nothing in between us. I didn't have to do an amends at her grave. I didn't have to write her a letter because we were, we were perfect. And that's, that's what I want to live towards now. But I had to clean up the past. And, and, you know, I remember going up to New York City uh, to do my amends to my ex-husband. And I was so afraid. I was so afraid and I wanted to get all of this stuff out of it, right? I wanted the apology and I wanted him to, you know, either feel bad or make me feel good. And I called my sponsor on the way up and he was like, what are you doing? He was like, that's just going to add more to the broken relationship than what you're actually trying to do. You're trying to amend and you're trying to fix. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get back together or you're even going to be friends, but you need to clean up your side of the street. It doesn't matter what he did to you. You take accountability and ownership of your side so that you can start moving forward. And if he can't, if he's still hanging on to stuff that has nothing to do with you, you go, you do what you need to do to stay sober. And honestly, I didn't want to do it, but I knew that if I didn't, I wouldn't be sober today. I would not be sober today because that would be in my way. And because I made those amends, because I cleaned up that past, I was able to start fresh. And, and now that I'm through my steps and, you know, I'm living a sober life, I, I really liked what you were talking about. You know, 
even that white lie, right? That, that little tiny lie that you think you're going to get away with. And sometimes you can, mm-hmm. but internally you can't, you can't get away from it because it's right. you. And yep. if, if you're honest in your program, which is a cornerstone in my program is honesty. I can't go and lie to someone and be okay with it and still live a sober life. Yeah. You know, yeah, so be- that 10 step app is going to help me out a lot. Oh yeah, and that's a, that's what it's called, ten step app. So uh, you know, it, it's it's quite uh, quite original. Yeah, very original. But yeah, no, I've always said if you lie to yourself, you can lie to anybody. It's it's not even it's not even difficult to lie to other people if you're not telling yourself the truth. Um, but the amends, I've made one amends so far, one amends, and it was to my ex wife. And yeah, I don't know how many other amends I have to make. That it's not that I don't have to make them. It's you know, my story is not the same as yours, Jason, or yours, Chris, you know, I, my addiction, you know, I don't think anybody really knew that I had an addiction problem or alcoholism. I didn't even know, you know, until like three days into me being at rehab as if me being in rehab wasn't a good enough sign. Like, you know, and, and it wasn't until I, you know, we went kind of went through this process that I, that I was kind of, you know, I, it was kind of revealed to me. And the person that I hurt the most was absolutely my ex-wife. And, you know, it, I didn't realize it because I was so consumed with myself, but, you know, there was no chance of reconciliation for our marriage at all. Like, you know, and, and you guys will remember the, the, the situation well, when I, you know, got a phone call from her on a Sunday night and it was this is over. And I was kind of blown away. And, uh, you know, spending that time in rehab trying to process that was easily you want to talk you you want to talk about living an hour at a time. I mean, you guys remember me, you know, sitting in a group there, like, literally trying to figure out how I'm going to make it five minutes through a lecture, never mind, like, how am I going to make it all day. And so making an amends to her was I, you know, my sponsor told me, he goes, make the hardest one the first. And what he actually told me was really helpful. He goes, listen, just remember the, your first amends, the first time you make an amends, it's your first chance to make a good impression. And, and I go, and I was kind of confused and he goes, yeah, he goes, it's not your only chance to make a good impression. He goes, you're probably going to screw up. He goes, and that's okay. He goes, don't worry about it. He goes, because you're not going to exactly know what to say. He goes, because people don't want to hear sorry. He goes, you're going to want to go in there thinking people want to hear sorry. He goes, they, nobody wants to hear sorry from you. They don't want to hear the word sorry. They want to see that you're different. How have you changed? What have you done? What, tell them what you used to do and what you used to be like. And what happens when you still do that now? How How are you different? And so I put off. I was probably on that that phase of my program for, uh, I want to say, probably six weeks. And I was putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And I was finally working with my therapist where it was going to be like the third week I was working with him. And he asked, uh, and I kept telling him about making my amends. And he finally was like, when are you going to do this? Like, why are you not doing it yet? And I was like, well, I... I'm still working towards it. He was like, well, how, what are you working on? And I needed to be called on that. I needed to be called because 
you know, I kept telling my sponsor, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm still working on it. And I need it. And he goes, yeah, as long as you're working on it. And I needed somebody else to objectively look at me and go, what are you doing and why? And so finally, I was able to make the events. And it, and it, and it was funny. Not only was my, my sponsor was right that my ex-wife didn't want to hear sorry. She didn't even want me to make the amends. I, I, you know, I, I went to, I texted her, I was dropping my daughters off and I said, listen, Hey, when I drop them off, I just need to talk to you for a few minutes. It's all good. Don't worry. Nothing, nothing huge. But I just, I just need to talk to you. And so she's like, what's going on? And I said, listen, I, I have to make my amends to you. And she was like, you know, I don't want that. I, I, I don't, she goes, I don't want it. I don't need it. I said, no, no, this, this isn't about what, you know, I, I need to do this for me, for my growth. And that was the other thing that my sponsor told me. He goes, any response they give is appropriate. It doesn't matter if they respond with pure anger and, and just they, they literally just rip you to pieces. They're allowed to do it. She go, he goes, if she wants to slam the door in your face, that she's allowed to do it. Any response that they have is completely appropriate and you need to take it and walk away. And that's it because you've done your part. Now you keep moving on. And that I didn't understand until I was actually doing the amends until I heard her say, no, I don't want the amends. And I said, no, I have to this. And once I did it, I, I didn't realize it at the time. I've become a completely different person since that moment, because I said to her, look, I know that I'm still screwing up sometimes, but I'm trying to get better. And when I do screw up, I try to fix it immediately. And I don't want to just keep being the same person that just keeps making the same mistakes. Because if I go around saying that I have the right to make mistakes, but I have the responsibility to learn from them, well, then guess what? I've got to learn from them. I actually have to learn from them. And so, yeah, it was only one amends. But for me, it's changed my life for the better. Yeah, I mean, I... I think two things you said, I agree with, I may disagree with one, but you know, that's your experience. The, any response is appropriate. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I personally am waiting to, with my parents and my wife to officially make an amends after one year. I mean, I know you guys know I'm, what is it? Like three months lagged. I just uh, celebrated seven months, but and yeah. <laughs> and additionally to that, I think one of the biggest things about making amends, you know, I've made amends to my old boss. Uh, I got fired right before rehab. I've made amends to, I would say the easier amends on my list. And I kind of, I think for me, that was important um, in that process, because like you said, it didn't go great at first because um, I didn't know how to do it properly. And then I like would check back in with my sponsor and then, you know, he, he would kind of coach me to get to the point I guess I am at right now. So I want my amends to my parents and my wife to go more smoothly and, and fluently. But I think the biggest thing that I learned through making amends is listening. And that's something that I didn't do on the first one. I talked for like 10 minutes and my boss is like, do you even want to hear what I have to say? He literally said that. 
And I was like, oh, crap, like I'm doing literally the same thing. You know, like I was not listening to his side of the story. And yes, I have to clean up my side of the street. And at the end of it, I felt good. Have you ever seen the movie Eight Mile at the end where Eminem, he this kind of will uh, go full circle. But at the end, he basically says, yeah, I'm this, 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 this. Right. And he's 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 in a rap battle. And he says everything he is that people, you know, uh, assume is negative. And he goes, and then at the end, the other rapper basically had nothing to say. And the whole crowd goes crazy. But for me, making amends, it, when I say listening, sometimes people have to, like you said, get that, you know, slam the door in your face and say you're a piece of uh, shit or whatever. And that, and you know what, the next day, if you're like living a clean and sober life, if you're doing the right thing, it's going to be harder and harder each day for that person to still think that if they see this growth. And I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, my boss and I, we, I'm literally working on a, a, a project with him right now and we're in great shape and he, he helps me when I need him. I mean, he fired me literally seven months ago and now I talk to him. So that's crazy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that I had to do my easier amends first one, because I wasn't ready to do the harder ones. And two, it was kind of like practice a little bit where if I did screw it up, I could go back to my sponsor. I could try it again. But if I screwed up an amends to my father or my ex-husband, I don't know where that would have taken me mentally. You know, and, and so the ones where I knew that would respond with, you know, I totally get it. I know what you're doing. I understand this process. Thank you for doing this. That's what I did first. And it helped me build a little confidence up. And you were talking about how there may be people and, and when you are cleaning up your past, for whatever shit we did to people, we may go and try and clean up our past and try and make an amends. And they may shut the door in our face, block us on their phone, tell us to go fuck off, like all of these things. And we're just like, okay. And I remember I was in uh, outpatient and the counselor was like, if that happens, that's actually a big relief off your chest because you know where you stand with that person. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything after that point. So sometimes that's actually a blessing in disguise. I actually have, you know, to go along with that point, I gave a speech, one of the funniest speeches I ever gave, but a best man speech to uh, one of my old friends. And when I got out of rehab, I text him to play golf, no answer. A month went by, I texted him again, no answer. I DM'd him, Facebook message, no answer. And I knew something was off because he usually is very responsive. And to this day, I haven't gotten an answer. And I tried to reach out to him to make amends. And I personally don't know how I affected him, but I wanted to, like you guys said, clean my side of the street. And you know what? There's nothing I could do with that. So I do know where I stand. And I am making my amends every day right now. So there's nothing else I could do today to, and, and I think that's a great point. Like I know where I stand with him and that's okay. 
And, and I think a big thing about this topic of cleaning up our past is that we're just willing to do it, right? I have a former sponsor who has blocked me and does not want to talk to me, and I owe him an amends. But I don't have his address. I don't have his email address. You know, I can't send him that letter. And so now, because I can't get in touch with him, by his choice, I drop it, and I do a living amends. You know, I live my life as though I'm a, I'm a good person. I don't lie. I don't argue. I, you know, everything that I would have said to him. And the willingness part comes for me in that if one day he shows up in my life, I'm willing to do the amends right then and there, or at least have that conversation to say, this is what I'd like to do. I want to clean up my past with you. And if he says yes, great. If he says no, okay, got it. Right. And it's yeah. that willingness to do it, I think, is a big part of this. Right. I think for me, the the the, the, the differentiation between amends is the living amends and you know the, those personal amends. You know, I feel for me, the personal amends were to the people that I hurt. The nature of my alcoholism and addiction was I hid it from absolutely everybody that nobody really knew. And I didn't do any of the things. I didn't, you know, embarrass anybody. I didn't steal. I didn't, you know, I don't really have that many amends in that sense where I have to go and apologize for what I've done because those, those things don't exist. They exist with my ex-wife because my addiction literally caused our marriage to fall apart. And, and so for that, yes, I made that personal amends, but just going into what you were saying there, Jason, about, you know, you can't make that, that, that amends with, you know, that individual, but you can do a living amends, whatever the, the, the particular beef or squabble is, you can take a look at your side and say, okay, what, what role did I play in this encounter? If I have a resentment against him or he might have a resentment against me, what was my role? Did I do anything? Could I have done anything differently? And again, if you're honest with yourself, maybe there is. And then you can say, you know what? I'm going to work to correct that behavior so that I don't do that again with another sponsee. And if there's nothing there that you feel that you could have done differently, then yeah, you're right. You, you don't have an, you don't have it that amends. But I think that's for me what this is all about. We're uh, continually just trying to be a better human being every single day in all our affairs. You know, it's just if we can just try to be better, at least for me, at least I'm trying. And for 10 years in active addiction, I never tried once. So for me, that's a win. You know, our marriage counselor, uh, she always says, you know, after you guys fight, go away from each other for a half hour, reconvene, and I want you only, and not try to win the argument, only to say what your part of, in that was. And if you're not sorry, don't say sorry, but you can say, my part in this argument is X, Y, and Z. And she said it'll change your life. And we've only been doing it a week but it has changed our lives. The theoretical question that I have, um, you know, I, I typed it in a chat that I have a theoretical question, but it's really to Ben. And the reason being is I've been thinking a lot 
just around this topic over the last, you know, couple of days about amends to my children and they're so young. So it's not like I can have this, you know, intellectual conversation where there's a back and forth. Because if I went to her, honestly, I don't think my daughter would even remember that I went to rehab. She's four. But have you ever thought, I guess, where do you stand on that then? Like, how did you, do you have an amends to your children? And I don't mean to put you on spot or like, no, is no. that something you're waiting for? Or, oh, yeah. And then any suggestions for me, you know? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. This is something I've, t- I've spoken with my sponsor about. And, you know, he, he um, you know, shared with me you know, that, 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 ha- that can happen at any time. You know, he shared a story, um, where, you know, it, 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 it happened very recently for him and, and, he, and he's been clean se- for seven years. And, and I was kind of taken, taken aback by that. Um, for my daughters, they're, they're 10 and six. Now you call it trying to get better, trying to work on myself. And, it's kind of, it's difficult because this, this issue, this, my addiction changed their lives forever. It took them out of, it took me out of their home. But the truth is, is that my addiction started well before they were born. And so the the thing is, is that I don't, I can't make an amends to them right now, but what I can do is I can be honest with them. You know, I can be honest with them that this is what happened to dad. And this is what I could have done if I had known something sooner. But at the same time, it happened the way it was supposed to happen. And I think that's how I've really tried to, to, you know, make an amends to them. Because like you said, you know, I shouldn't say I couldn't have a, a conversation with my daughters because I could with both of them and they probably would be sound more intelligent than I would. Uh, but, you know, it's it's also not fair to them at that age to put that on them, to try to explain to them, you know, everything that I've gone through, everything that I've put their mom through, everything that I've put them through and expect them to comprehend it. And so for me, it's about kind of patience. And at this point, I stay sober so that I can be the best version of myself, the best dad that I could ever possibly be. And there will come a time when they're, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, well, they're girls. So maybe between, maybe probably from 13 to 17, they're not going to want to talk to me. So actually it probably happened after that. But, <laughs> you know, 18. Oh, that's not, so sad. Yeah, well. <laughs> But probably yeah, accurate. Exactly. But there will come a time, God willing, that I'll I will get to you know let them know. And I and I've said this to them. If they ever have a question for me, if they ever want to know something, I would I will always tell them. And that is you know the attitude that I, I'm gonna take for as long as I am their dad, which is hopefully for a very long time. And if they ever want to know something, that I will be honest with them and 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 give them the truth from I, and, and just, just be honest with them completely. And, and so, yeah, it's the, the kids amends to your children is difficult because how do you really get it? How do you get it through to them? And the truth is, is that I can't yet. And so I have to be patient and it, it kind of helps because long-term patience is a, whew, 
It's think, a virtue. I, yeah, I think it ties into that concept of a living amends where you just be the best you as you, the best you that you can be, you know, every single day from today until forever. So I, I think that's where it kind of ties into uh, the topic. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I, I know where I stand as far as making amends to a four-year-old. Like, I'm not doing that. I, I, when we brought up this topic, that was kind of first where my, where my mind went to. And I think I've committed to, you know, I've brought this up a lot recently just because it's, we're so heavily vested in it in the last couple of weeks, but we're in marriage counseling. And above all, we've committed to doing what's best for them. And, you know, God willing, it works. But at the end of the day, I don't want to, I want to do what's best for my children. And I think that's, as far as today, that's the amends I'm making. That's, right. you know, staying yeah. present with them. Right, exactly. And especially because divorce was a part of my story, I owe that to them even more, you know, because again, they had no say in that matter either. And so I, I owe it to them to, you know, do what is in their best interest all the time, especially working with my ex-wife, whatever is in their best interest. That's really where, where I have to, you know, where I have to be more selfless. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's not easy, but we're, but I'm doing it. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, as always, tonight's episode is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a good night, guys. Have a great Have night. Have a great night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.